Franklin Covey Education. You know, um, we've been in the business here in the Philippines for almost 30, 30 years, but we've been working with corporations. We've been training their leadership from CEOs, um, vice presidents, managers, supervisors. So we've been in the business of leadership development for a very long time, as well as um, execution and other programs. But um, in terms of Franklin, in, in education itself, we're fairly new. Um, well, we've been in the business also, working with education, but this time with a more, um, you know, direct, uh, processes and programs for schools, no? And for us, we, I mean, right now we we are really a global uh, leadership and education consultancy, and we're helping schools raise a generation of principal-centered leaders. And I guess our passion right now is to see our leaders uh, not only lead, you know, in terms of accomplishing projects, but to lead with values and principles and character huh? so we want to be able to see that in in all fields and not only let's say in government okay and uh, in terms of our company a lot of people ask me no is this uh franklin covey is he the author actually he's not no? uh, but let me just give you a who we work with in terms of Franklin Covey education. We are a global or world leader in helping school raise a generation of life-ready leaders with both character and competencies in the 21st century. So our programs and processes are research-based, they're data-driven. So I know as educators, we always look at research, we always look at, you know, uh, how is this really going to accomplish uh, our goals and do we have measurable results? and uh, we have that and more and if you leave us uh, your email address we have researches that we can share with you not only to deliver incremental uh, results but transformational results whole school um, development and improvement you know? and right now uh, start maybe we started about 2008 or 2009 that we started doing uh, education really directly and intentionally our reach has expanded to more than 150 countries and about 4,500 schools globally so it has become also a community and a network of educators everywhere so there's also become a uh, a synergy of educators helping each other talk about teacher exchange student exchange lesson plan exchange and because of the technology that we have right now we're able to capture all of those things and you know create a robust program that is duplicatable in schools everywhere um, and of course we're all working towards our common mission of enabling greatness in people and organizations everywhere which is the mission of Franklin Covey. So I was saying earlier that some people ask me is that the author of the seven habits? No, Franklin Covey is a merger between two companies it's Franklin Quest and Covey Leadership Center and in 1997 it became Franklin Covey and since that time also, um, about that time, the Center for Leadership and Change was born. It was under um, 
I mean, it's uh, right now our offices are in the Ateneo Professional Schools, and uh, we have continued to, you know, be part of that, the professional schools now for many, many years. All right, so welcome to our session. Uh, for this session, I think we have closer to 70 participants who registered, and we have private schools and public schools, uh, Christian, Catholic, uh, you know, different schools who are attending, so thank you very much. And uh, coming from different regions as well. So, and more of us joining on Facebook Live. Uh, go ahead and uh, give us a shout out through our chat. How are you guys doing? You can unmute yourself to just say hello. Maybe we can do this. Um, I, I learned this in scuba diving, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna give you some hand signals since we can't, you know, we don't wanna crowd the whole system with voice. So everyone, can you, can you do this? Can you do this? Yeah? This means I'm okay, I can hear everything, I like what I'm hearing. Okay, can you do this one? Okay, this one means I have a problem, I don't hear, I have a question. Okay, and if you do this, that means I'm just going to have a break and maybe get coffee or something. <laughs> okay, I have hands raised, so... Um, let me just uh, ask that. Oh, hello! Hello, everyone. Okay, thank you for your shout-outs there. Fantastic. Isn't it amazing that our technology is getting us, you know, to come together like this, no? And uh, if we can, we would love to do this on a regular basis and just meet with you guys and find out how the schools are doing. All right, so let me continue. If you don't mind. Um, okay, um, let's take a quick poll. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to, um, where is the poll? I'm oh, sorry. I'm gonna get that poll up and I'm gonna ask you to answer three questions. And at the bottom of the page, you're gonna have a submit button. So after you've answered um, the three questions, submit. And afterwards, I'm going to um, show you the results of our polls. Okay, go ahead. Can you see it? Everyone see it? The polls? Do you see the poll? Yes? few more seconds to answer the poll.
10 more seconds to answer. All right, so I can see here, um, and I'm gonna share the results. See the results? Hands up. So what do you miss most about, uh, well, pre-lockdown? My students, wow, you guys are really fantastic educators. <laughs> yeah, don't we miss them, huh? And what are things that you would never take for granted? We said family. Okay, and the next one is prayer. And then what is the general atmosphere in your school? Wow, I love this. Very optimistic, fantastic. Because I, I realized that, you know, it could also be on the other side, right? I mean, since, um, since January, we had a volcano erupting. We had, you know, all these uh, bad news. But great to see that everybody feels that, you know, um, we could do something about it, you know? Very optimistic. Thank you, thank you for that. Well, also what we're seeing here is um, we realize that we need to kind of um, adjust to the change, right? When we're faced with change, we realize that there's so much we take for granted. And we realize also that there's so much to unlearn. We have to adapt, we have to change. Like right now, uh, can you imagine we have to, I mean, we had to cram learning this new technology just to address the needs of schools. And I, I took a picture, I mean, I grabbed the picture here, no? this is in Seattle, Washington and Costco. I think an entire family covered their heads with a <laughs> five, five gallon water uh, containers. No? So we need to adapt, we need to change, we need to see things through. And uh, that's a kind of, um, attitude we have. In fact, Albert Einstein said that we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Uh, well, you know, this uh, spread of disease can be stopped by just simply washing our hands thoroughly and more often. So see how we had to change even that, no? as simple as that. Not only washing our hands, we have hand sanitizers, we have alcohol everywhere, you know, just keeping our hands and of course, uh, our, our entire body and homes sanitized, right? So change, change is, change is upon us and we wanna be able to address it from a more optimistic point of view. Um, also at home, and I, I just, you know, got this from what we've been hearing uh, from friends, from family. Uh, students are at home, right, trying to do their homework or at least finish the semester or the, the quarter. Uh, and yet some students are getting used to it, but others are not. You know, they're just not that, you know, that, that kind of learner. I suppose. Um, as parents, we're also faced with much, much, much more. Uh, before it would be work, family. Now you have safety, security. How, are you, how am I going to provide for family now that it's on a lock, lockdown? And then I still have to work. And then my kids are all over me and wanting my attention, right? So, so many things happening around us. And this pandemic as well is showing the kind of leadership we have. And whether it's the best or the worst no? in our society as well, you know, people, you can see the, the value system of our entire society. So how are we going to address these other things? And of course, 
as educators, we're seeing all of this and saying, you know, we're not going to be in this struggle for, for the longest time. Uh, we're not going to be in this situation forever. So what's going to be next for us? Some people have said that this is going to be the, the new normal. So what is next for us in education? Right? Would you have the same um, challenge or would you have the same opinion? Um, any thoughts from, from the group? You can unmute, unmute yourself if you'd like to share something. Or even from my team. Christine. Yeah, go ahead. Is that red? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you, do you mind saying your name first? So we know yeah. it's you and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, hi everyone. Um, I think this pandemic has um, um, made us realize a lot of things and it somehow revealed to us um, yung, yung, yung best in us and also the worst in us and also it, it kind of gave us a, a glimpse kung ano yung mga weak, weak points ng, ng system natin whether in our family, in our organization, in our school, or in our society. But I think, and I do believe that it is not the time for us to rant na, kasi hindi natin ginagawa to, or dapat ganito, dapat ganyan. But I think it is the best time for us to reassess our ways and means. And so, after this, we can, you know, strengthen our system, in our family, in our organization, and eventually, in a uh, national scale, in, in that way, when when pandemics and crisis like this happens again we are more ready and i think that's one one uh, goal also that we would like to share with you in this uh, overview session thank you for that no um let me go ahead and go back to my slides and um Okay, and maybe ask all of you also, no? uh, what could be the challenges that you're facing right now in your school? And for this, I'm going to ask you to uh, slide onto the top of your screen and you'll find this button that says annotate. And if you click on annotate, okay, I'm gonna first go to this slide. Um, go to annotate and Click on text, and then you can you can write down what your answer would be for this. I'll I'll do a first one. Let's say um, okay. So I put there, let's say, homeschool curriculum. So I'm going to give you guys some time to write. Um, I would prefer that we use the text so that it's easier for you to type, but if you don't have that in your options, if you're using your phone, then it might be uh, the pen that you will see. So go ahead and type out some of the things that you feel would be challenging in your school today because of the pandemic. Online learning, I see that. Can you repeat the instruction? Um, 
if you don't mind uh, clicking on this portion in your screen, the top portion in your screen, where it says, I mean, uh, what are the options uh, read on the top? Is there annotate? Um, there's a uh, view option, and then when yeah, you click please, that, please look at view option, and then you'll see annotate. Annotate. Found it? And when you go to annotate, click on that, and you'll find options. So look for text, and then go ahead and type out some of the things that you feel are challenging in the school because of the pandemic. So I can see here parents are calling you nonstop. And uh, yeah, I see also cooperation parents making sure that the students are doing their lessons. Online learning is suspended. Oh, it, it's also suspended. Okay, and I see uh, mental health concern, I suppose, because everybody's just home and maybe idle or not doing a lot of things or just not able to go out, you know, like cabin fever, they call it sometimes. Yeah. And it's difficult to address this now, right? I mean, Still no answer, still no solution in sight. At the end of the day, um, how can we really connect to our students that are far away and you know not having that contact? Uh, that's a, that's a, a problem that we have. All right, so thank you for that. I'm gonna capture this and save it. Just a quick save. I, I see here communication with parents and students, uncertainty, uh, the beginning of the school year, when is that going to be? They're saying that it, it could uh, extend until June, right? And what can we really do? Uh, teachers are not ready for the abrupt switch. Okay, let me just capture this. I think our first week of distance learning challenge are those from poor communities and they cannot afford, that's true also. How are we gonna get in touch with them? Communication with parents, students, okay. Um, yeah. Deaf Ed said that they are still developing contingency plans. Okay, so what can we um, provide them? Transition to a more effective e-learning method, okay? Right? So many, so many challenges right now. And so what could, you know, even to say, you know, what do we begin with? What could be our goals? And of course, next week, parents is going to look into that. So this is a good starting point to find out what are our challenges also. The readiness of the school for online learning. Okay. On Friday, on Friday. 
Oh, is it on Friday? It, yes, this Friday. Friday. Fantastic. Yes. So we can capture this, uh, Terence, and maybe help them with some of these things. Sure. Uh, readiness of the learners too. That's that's uh, true. No? And and so um, even before this, and I'm sure in the future there's going to be maybe it's not pandemics. I mean. Think about the start of the year. There was like a scare of a war. There was the volcano. There was, you know, I mean, the challenge of a crisis is always in front of us or around us. And um, even before this happened, um, there was so much that we were already faced with, with no, in education. Um, I'll give you an example here. Uh, oh, sorry. Let me... I'm gonna clear this now. Right, right. It is a global challenge. Um, everywhere around the world, they're ha they're having the same issues. All the students are home. So what are we gonna do? And um, what is it really that we should focus on? And we're saying that maybe. You know, even before that, we had we were facing all of this. Like, in the world of work, for example, um, even before this pandemic, we we did a research for two thousand uh, employers in twenty four countries, and this is what they said: employers uh, wanted and employees needed to be. Um, I've worked with a lot of BPOs, and I asked them, "Where is your boss in another country?" Where are your teammates scattered around Asia? Who are your clients? Oh, South America. So can you imagine the kind of skill set and behavior everybody needs? I'm gonna just uh, mute everyone uh, again. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, just to, just to, um, be part of the modern workforce, right? And are we preparing students for this? No. It, on top of the issues that you just mentioned, this is what they're going to have to face once they finish school. So does it mean, um, you know, that we really have to rethink even our curriculum? Um, it was Tony Wagner who says, no, in today's highly competitive global knowledge economy, all students need new skills for college, career, and citizenship. And he says this, no, schools haven't changed, but the world has. So our schools are not failing, rather <laughs> they're obsolete. No? And even the ones that score the best on tests um, may not find jobs because then what are the new skill sets that are needed no it's a very different problem requiring an altogether different solution would you agree with what tony wagner says any comments from just you know reading this page from anybody it's really a i'm gonna read some oh terence or red can you help me read what's on the chat This is 
Yeah. This is really a challenge for schools and parents. For schools, it is hard to check how the students are actually doing the online tasks since not everybody has the internet connection at home. For the parents, it is a struggle being the teachers for their children, to their children. There. Mm. Yeah, true also, no? Uh. Yeah. So school, I like this one, no? Uh, schools really need to adapt and change, no? Uh, it's funny because uh, I, I read earlier, DepEd is still creating a plan and that, you know, right now on a weekly basis things are changing we don't know whether the the um, lockdown is going to be extended you know what are we going to do with those students who graduated are they going to graduate you know so many things and you know we have that the schedule of schools and the rhythm of schools that we have to continue to um address so thank Christine, you for there's that. a yeah? there's a um uh, a message here okay. from sir christopher um, he said, we are preparing students for the 21st century using traditional tools. Yeah. And it might not help, right? It might not work for them. It's not going to be our world anymore. It's their world. Go ahead and read the next one, uh, Red. Teacher need, teachers need to be more creative in a way of communicating the lesson well to keep their students get quality learning even at home. This from Constance? Yeah. Jane Tupe. Yeah. Yeah, and from Miss Katrina, the online learning that we are doing now is like the test run for the 21st century. True. Ready or not, here we come, diba? I mean, even if uh, I remember before priests were saying, Nako, that social media, we don't want to get into that. Now, their masses are online, no? Everybody's trying to reach their, their community and congregation, uh, whether they're pastors. Uh, even concerts are being done online right now, right? So um, we really need to start adjusting. Yes. Sir Adrian Lawrence said that the way teachers were taught cannot be the same paradigm of teaching today's youth. Uh, the idea of paradigm, no, we really need to rethink our paradigms and shift our paradigms. Yes. Right? And yeah. Here's so, a me message here also. What led the digital transformation today? COVID 19. <laughs> oh, it's a meme, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> True, no? Uh, okay, so, hindi lang yun. Uh, look at this. They're talking about the Industrial Revolution, uh, which right now, you know, is around us. You know, you have uh, the Fourth Revolution, and, and it's already like the Internet of Things, it's big data, it's robotics, and all of that, right? Um, so, how are we really going to prepare them for this? Um, and students are saying they are not prepared. They don't feel prepared, 48% of them. This is the research that we've uh, yeah, taken from Job Outlook report. And uh, employers are saying in terms of culture, leadership, communication, look at the numbers. No? So our students <coughs> are not prepared to really move into that fourth um, industrial revolution. Emotionally as well, uh, so many talk on mental health, right? And um, depression and anxieties on the rise, 
you see here severe youth depression increased 28%. And even more in isolation. Uh, and if we don't have, you know, uh, healthy relationships with, with friends or family, um, it could get worse. Right, and this is now taken from 19 studies in 12 countries. DOH also published a similar study in 2015, saying that, you know, from feeling lonely all the way to attempting suicide. You see the numbers from the ages here. Um, I can see some texts uh, read. Yeah. I'm reading there or chat. Yeah. Um, from Miss Katrina again. Even parents too. They keep on questioning the new strategies that we adapt in school. They say that this is not the way we were taught. <laughs> Maski sila, traditional thinking. And I think as Filipinos, ano talaga, very conservative tayo. Tinan mo yung jeepney natin. Hindi na nag-evolve. Yung ibang mga kotse naging modern na. Yung jeepney pareho pa rin yung itsura since, the, since it, it was born <laughs> after the World War. No? I see more in the chat room. Ah. Lasal Lipa has been using Canvas as our LMS. Okay. And you've, you're now benefiting. Fantastic. Amazing. But see, it's a whole different skill set, behavior that we all of a sudden hope that our students have because we have not intentionally taught them the behavior and the skill, right? So for some schools, they've adapted. For some, you know, how are we going to do it now? No? And going back to my slides here, uh, mental health is really something that uh, even the World Health Organization is looking out for in terms of this COVID-19. Uh, not only health, but men I mean physical health, but mental health because we're all stuck at home, okay? And uh, in terms of education, finally, no, even UNESCO and the World Economic uh, Forum is saying that we really need a new vision for education. And I've highlighted in red that area that's kind of related to what we're talking about here, social emotional learning. I remember before pag sinabing soft skill, parang ha? Hindi masyadong ano yan, soft skill yan. And, and you know, you learn it at home or something. But even in offices today, this is very, very important. And it's part of their training budget to focus on social emotional training. Okay. Now, what can be done? Um, I wanted to share with you uh, principles of effectiveness and life readiness. <clears throat> this is taken, of course, from the research of Dr. Kavi. Um, when he did his master's and his thesis, part of his research was to read 200 years worth of literature. And he looked at habits and practices of successful people. And he said that he didn't invent the seven habits or these principles, but he gathered it from how people um, were leaders. No? But what he uh, established was a framework he calls the maturity continuum. And it's in that, that blue circle on the left of your screen. So he says that we first start out dependent. Think about children at home. 
Diba? How do we know that they're dependent? They rely heavily on parents. They don't have choices. When problems arise, they start pointing a finger and saying, it's your fault, it's your fault. You know, or they complain. I don't like, I'm so bored, you know. Very dependent behavior. Um, you see that also in the workplace, right? Um, as teachers, sometimes we rely only or, or we wait for the principal to say something or to give us our orders, our marching orders. If not, we'll just, you know, sit on our laurels and wait until somebody says something. Very dependent behavior. And then we complain, we blame, we point a finger. Very dependent. Now, Dr. Kabi says, um, in this maturity continuum, you become more mature when you think independently or you have that, you know, from a you take care of me, I take care of myself. So that's the middle part there in that maturity continuum of independence. Now, independence, uh, at home, these are probably the older kids, you know, and they now have a choice. They can do their work. You give them assignment, they'll, they'll finish it. Um, it's easy to give them online learning because you know that they can manage their time. They can, you know, um, plan ahead and accomplish it. Same thing with uh, the workplace. Uh, we have, for example, people you can rely on and just give you know, empower them and you can give them work, you know that they will accomplish it. They're not the type who will complain, they'll do it, right? However, Dr. Kavi says, this is not the highest form of maturity. Why? Because independent thinking could be a problem when you're working as a team, when you're working as a faculty, when you're working as a school. We want, therefore, a higher form of maturity, which is what Dr. Kavi calls interdependence. It's the attitude of we. It, it's teamwork, it's collaboration, it's you know, um, communication, it's trust and respect for each other's point of view. And so he says that in the maturity continuum, the first three habits, the one that's highlighted with a, with a red triangle that says private victory, are the ones that help you to move from dependence to independence. That's habit one, be proactive. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. Habit three, put first things first. So can you imagine if kids, you know, your students, all the way to high school, all the way to college, are, are thinking proactively. They have a choice, they have, you know, taking responsibility. They begin with the uh, end in mind, they have a plan, and they're accomplishing it. They know that they have to put first things first. My nephew says, I think it's not first things first. Maybe it's worst things first. Yes, it's delayed gratification. It's knowing that putting your homework, even if it's online, no, doing it first, will you know, put that aside when it's done and now you can play with your computers or games or watch your you know, Netflix. So that's independence. Now moving from independence to interdependence, that's our habit four, think win-win. Habit five, Seek first to understand, then to be understood, and habit six, synergize, which is really about working with others. So in a sense, go ahead and look at the red circle here. It is teaching them personal effectiveness and interpersonal effectiveness. So the principles uh, there are in the inner circle of initiative, vision, and discipline when you practice habits one, two, and three. Relationship building, communication, and collaboration, which is habit four, five, and six. And um, again, going back to the left side, no, the habit seven is sharpen the saw, which is really um, 
renewal in mind, body, heart, and spirit. And when we do training, we really focus on uh, teaching teachers and students about each of the habit and how we can operationalize it and how we can practice it uh, in the even in the classroom and at home. And you know, on the right side now this time, this is really what life readiness is all about. And if you think of the inner circle there, the initiative, vision, self-discipline, you can apply the same thing right now with the pandemic that we are experiencing. Um, if kids had these principles operational in their lives, they will be able to cope. And I was gonna ask my team, maybe you can share uh, some ways that we could um, apply these principles to how, you know, to this crisis that we are experiencing, especially with students. How can this apply with students in a pandemic? Um, maybe I ask Terence. Terence, are you there? Yes, hi. Yeah, I don't see your face. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, why don't you share, like, let's say students, how would they practice initiative? while mm -hmm. on this uh, lockdown let's say i think the i think personally also because i'm also a student uh, the problem with the lockdown for students is um, when you get trying to get up from the bed and do something be productive you know uh, do your homework or help with the household chores it takes a lot of initiative to to do it and hindi yung, yung initiative na to it's not something that you just tell that that kid or that person na, hey you need to do this you need to you need to wake up and you need to get up and start start moving diba? it's a it's a private victory inside eh, to to be to just get victory, up diba? to get up diba? <laughs> diba? so yung initiative talaga for students right now is something na very very crucial in a way because uh, when all of this is over, uh, if we tend to be unproductive, it will take a toll on us because we're having, we'll be having a lot of um, backlogs when we get back to school or when we get back to to our, to, to our daily routine. Maybe we're out of shape or or our minds are not up to date. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's my point. Yeah. All right. What about vision? Uh, maybe Red can share. Uh, hello. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a perfect time for for us to really train our our kids at home or our students somehow to still be focused on their goals. Um, you know, when 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 this lockdown happens, um, yung yung goal naman of of everybody doesn't stop, doesn't uh, we we should not lock it down also. Um, parang Kasi parang having kids having a focus and having a goal can can really help them um, to to achieve more in life. Um, ako, I have a five-year-old kid, and what I do with her, I, I um, every night we have a list of things to do tomorrow, and we just put check on on each item that uh, she wants to accomplish, and she accomplished actually at the end of the day. I think those simple activities can can help guide our students to be more goal oriented. See, the problem is that sometimes kids feel bored because they do not they do not know what to do. But if we will encourage or empower them 
to for them to set a goal and to for, for them to be creative in accomplishing it i think um after this pandemic we can also see um improvement in their um studies so having a vision even for now will help them not think of the the present situation but work for the goal right work for what they're trying to accomplish um, it could even be exercising, it could be finishing a book, it could be, you know, um, helping mom cook or bake something new, you know, just having a vision for themselves while in this situation. I'm going to ask uh, Earl this time to kind of help us with, let's say, health, uh, self-discipline. Can you relate it to health and, you know, wellness since you're a nurse? Earl. Hey, good morning. Good yeah. morning. Yes, now for the personal effectiveness, now for the kids, we can teach them when it comes to their personal hygiene. Now, it's very uh, high time for us right now, especially to give them or not to impose to them, but give them an idea on self-discipline. Let's say, for example, as simple as um, hand washing. Now, we usually teach them the simple hand washing, but it's very essential now to do the hand washing in a sense that what the DOH is telling us to do, like at 20 seconds or like simply singing a happy birthday song, it really plays an important role in having a self-discipline and at the same time, helping the other people around us. So it's weaning a personal effectiveness within the children. So that's a simple uh, example. Fantastic. So in other words, can you imagine if kids themselves already have in, you know, in their system, initiative, vision, and self-discipline? So um, parents will not have a hard time really dealing with them being at home while working, while trying to get, you know, uh, groceries for the family while on lockdown. And of course, when you talk about interpersonal uh, effectiveness, this is where you also look into the wellness mentally, you know, of each one and that social emotional relationship with each other. Being alone without your friends, uh, especially when you're a teenager, might be super mind-blowing. So not only uh, can you really build relationship with each other, but it might really help them find some you know, balance uh, socially and emotionally. Um, you can look at this also as a family, you know, um, having that family time. Of course, communication, very important as well. And collaboration, like who's gonna do what? It can't be like all parents doing the same work all the time, but you know, sharing the, the load. And um, teachers, you can also look at this, not only from the student's point of view, but us as professionals. Can you apply these principles as educators? Of course, Tayo uh, as uh, as educators, we need to be you know having our initiative, vision, self uh, discipline, and etc. etc. Even as a country, look at how we should be able to build relationships or communicating with each other, you know, and collaborating. Agencies collaborating. Um, so th these principles are really what could help us personally and interpersonally, and this is what we call life readiness. So let me go ahead and move to the next slide. And this is what we say is developing life ready leaders. How can we instill these principles, these values, these habits while they are still very, very young? Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but 
we recently uh, shared with the world our free content on the seven habits so that families who are stuck at home even us no, as educators, we could use it to kind of help our students uh, focus on these habits and focus on these principles. And um, if you want, you can go to it. It's leaderinme.org and you'll find many, many uh, uh, videos, lesson plans, short lesson plans that you could actually give to your students right now so that it could help them cope with what's, what's going on. But this about really, developing life ready leaders. And um, what do we mean by life readiness? It's about the 21st century skills. We all know about creativity, communication, um, connectivity and all that. In that maturity continuum, you could already find the 21st, 21st century skills. Also, it's about college readiness and career readiness. Like we said, uh, a lot of uh, employers um, and even you know the needs of the fourth uh, industrial revolution. I mean, we need certain habits and skills and um, proficiencies. And when you teach the seven habits, it already allows them to have that lifelong learning attitude. Not only that, it has that social emotional learning and character and competence, of course, the soft skills, and at the end of the day, the life skills that they need. Now, there's a second part to what we're saying, life-ready leaders. What does it mean to be a leader? No? Um, leadership, for a lot of us, may look at, we might look at it from a formal position of authority. Example, right now we're saying, okay, ano bang sabi ng presidente? Ano bang sabi ni mayor? Ano bang sabi ni, ni barangay captain? And we're waiting for them to tell us what to do, right? We equate it with that. When I ask, when I ask uh, people, who's the leader here? They're normally point to somebody they elected or somebody who's been promoted to that position. However, there's another way of looking at it. Everyone can be a leader. When you look at that personal effectiveness, you're leading yourself. <clears throat> at the same time, you're helping others realize their own potential. And that's about leading others. Somebody mentioned earlier, uh, what is the eighth habit? It's finding your own voice. It's knowing your leadership potential and helping others find their voice. That's habit eight, meaning you're also helping them become leaders. It's not about me being a leader, you being a follower. I'm a leader when I make you a leader, when I develop you as a leader. So as teachers, we can look at it from a point of view as teachers being leaders, but we are also getting our students to be leaders. Um, anyone, there's some in the chat room? Yes. Somebody, yeah? Yes. Uh, there's a nice comment here. Uh, Teacher Marian said, I remember reading the book of Covey and the first thing I think will be challenging for educators will be the paradigm shift. I true. <laughs> um, I've, I've uh, helped with uh, training teachers all over the place. And once they start teaching the students, the students get it. And they say, you know, yeah, that's so important. Think win-win. Oh, yeah, seek first to understand. And then they start catching their teachers and say, teacher, you're not being proactive. Teacher, you do, did not begin with the end in mind. Why? Because for so many, for so many years, we've, we've been practicing certain habits, right? So there's a lot of un unlearning that we need to do. And a lot of, you know, 
paradigm shift. It's a new way really of looking at things. <laughs> Any other comments there that we wanna look at? Okay, so let me, let me quote from Dr. Calvino. Uh, he says, leadership is a choice. It's not a position. Leadership is communicating people's worth and potential so clearly that they start seeing it in themselves. And so this is where we're coming from. Uh, life readiness, uh, life ready leaders means they go in, go in any situation and they look at everything from a lens and paradigm of leadership. They're not going to be the last, they're going to be the first. They're not going to be, you know, waiting in the sidelines or the bylines, but they're there volunteering and doing something about it. They're going to be front liners. And not only tomorrow when they're elected, but right now. <clears throat> and I'm going to ask later on uh, some experiences that we've had in schools so far. Okay, how can we help? Um, tech Technically, no, sorry. Typically, schools um, focus on academics. A lot of our resources are put in academics. Sometimes you go to school, ah, you know what? We just spent on this, 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 that, because, you know, the computers, it's important for kids. But they end up playing games in the computer. You know, <laughs> I mean, there are other things uh, that we can focus on, right? Uh, but schools are also very... Um, focus on grades all all the time grades so much so that even parents are you know after that anong grade ng anak ko masyadong uh, focus sa competition no sino pinakamagaling pinakamataas ang grades yun ang nangyayari now when it comes to culture right instead of uh, focusing on the vision mission and the values that we can teach to kids I ask sometimes, no kids, what's the mission of your school? <clears throat> and what happens is a lot of kids raise their shoulders and don't know, don't know. And when, when an organization doesn't have a mission, that's messy. And same thing with the school. What are we really here for? We've gone to so many schools, private, public, and if we don't know what we, if we don't know and the students don't know, what the end in mind is for them, chances are, uh, chances are they will not have the same effort to it. Um, think of a ballet school, for example. It's so clear what their mission is. A ballet school wants all the graduates to be ballerinas or you know ballet dancers, right? So clear. So. Every student there knows that, okay, I have to learn my pirouettes. I need to learn perfect my grand jetés because that's what's needed to become that. But if we're not clear with our vision, mission, even our value system. And uh, when I go to, uh, I've worked with LaSalle, uh, Zobel, and, you know, I am so, I'm so amazed with, and also Assumption, of course, I've, and Ateneo, a lot of uh, religious schools, um, they're so clear with their value system, I guess because they have the, the, the aspiration of uh, the saint that they follow or the, the blessed uh, that they follow, the founder of their school. So that's the value system. Pero kung hindi claro sa mga natin, chances are our kids will not see it also. And 
when it, the typical approach is a lot of effort, the circle is the biggest circle is academics, pagdating sa culture, mas maliit ang effort. Okay? Pagdating sa leadership and um, life skills, what do you think? Maybe we can annotate. Ilang percent, no? how many percent of your student body would be leaders? Right now, just, you know, an estimate in percentage. How many are leaders? Could you annotate? Just give me a quick text. Anybody? 2% leaders in your school. Any other number? Even with your pen, you can just write down. Okay, 10% of them? Okay. Any 20%. other number? Leaders. Leaders and life skills. In your school, in the classroom, ilan percent yan? Mga 20%? 20 percent? Okay. 5 percent. Okay, 5. There's 30 percent. Okay. So in other words, what you're saying is, typically, also, we don't end up developing them. Hindi ba? So, if I were to put it in a circle, pinakamaliit siya. Di ba? Uh, I'll save that. Yan. Di ba? Ang nangyari, pinakamaliit na circle siya. So, can you describe the kind of student or graduate with this kind? No? Academics, malaki. Value system, mas maliit. Life skills and leadership, mas maliit pa. What kind of graduates are these? Diba? Any thoughts, teachers and educators? You might wanna unmute and share or chat. Go to the chat room. Uh, Miss Katrina Manansan said that the activities we give is like a hit or miss. Mm. We choose which activities are fun instead of looking at the objectives of the activity. I like what you said there. Hit or miss. Diba? We call ourselves a leadership school. We want our graduates to be leaders, pero hit or miss. Hindi kasi intentional yung pag-develop natin ng leadership at life skills. Agree ba kayo dun? Diba? So, how now can we really uh, make sure that they have the kind of life skills and leadership and of course the value system to match the academics? So, thank you for your Thoughts, teachers. Let me just um, clear this. Um, can you read the the other? There's comments? a comment here. Mm -hmm. Um. Hello. It's it's like preparing students, students, uh, our students, the skills, but not how they will use those skills effectively in real life. We are developing leaders, but the truth is not everyone chooses to be a leader. Just because the number of officers are smaller in a population doesn't mean that the followers 
do not possess leadership skills, a good leader should be a good follower first. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, let me let me just and I, I see somebody comment about about the mission of the assumption. Sorry, ah, my bias ako eh. Assumptionista educator. <laughs> uh, but let me just um, let me just say, no. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier paradigm. It's a mindset. If you think that only ten percent of your student body is a leader, how would you behave? How would teachers behave? Ay nako, ten percent lang ang leaders dito. Ah. Uh, Ano lang, yung mga na-electran ng student council, sila lang yung leader. Eh di sila rin yung ide-develop. Is it possible to have a paradigm shift? Is it possible to see our students all as leaders? 100% of our students are leaders. What does that look like? How would teachers behave if 100% of our students our leaders. Would that change behavior? Any thoughts about that? One hundred percent. Aha! Francis says, but not all of the leaders have to perform the same function. Indeed. Is it possible for them to have different roles? Uh, sino ba yung nagsabi ng multiple intelligences? At, you know, iba-iba uh, ang learning styles natin. So, eh, hindi naman kailangan lahat pare-parehong leadership role. Pero, we're actually being asked here to be talent scouts. And to harness their learning ability and their learning styles and their, you know, passions and talents and let them grow in there. If it means just watering plants, then it is. You are the leader in watering plants. You're taking care of our gardens, right? And can you imagine the kind of uh, mindset that child will eventually have? You're communicating worth and potential so clearly to them. Um, Glenda says each could have different capabilities and that is what we could discover with our students precisely. So, um, you know, and I want to go back to this in a bit, but let me just finish my slide here. No, in the leader in me process, that's exactly we're helping. What we're helping schools to do, De develop life-ready leaders through the principles of effectiveness, through developing habits, so that student development, they're leading themselves, they're leading others, at the same time applying it operationally. It's really an organizational development that we're doing with schools as well, where we're putting leadership, culture, and academics in the same space and the same effort given to each one. No, and um, this is where I maybe I can ask. Uh, Parents, to share, what have you seen with the schools that you've worked with? How has this happened in their schools? Uh -huh. Yeah, in terms of student development and school improvement and the idea of everyone is a leader. Is that possible? Sure. And have you seen that happen with the schools? Philippine schools taught teachers. Sure. Uh, with, with my experience, um, I've seen schools who have programs which are leader-led, but still teachers supervise the students, but uh, it's the students who lead the events. Like, for example, 
uh, recently we have one of our schools uh, celebrated their family day. It was the students who uh, facilitated the entire thing. So from leading the parents to uh, the games, preparing the breakfast, and also yung ingress at egress ng event, <coughs> students yung nagdala. Well, nandun pa rin yung teachers, but it's the students who were leading. Also, uh, one of our school partners have changed the way it uh, conducts its uh, parent-teacher uh, conferences. Bali, ano na siya? Uh, Parent-student-teacher conference na. So, it's the student who reports uh, her, his or her, or her academic progress to uh, the, to her parents or to his parents. So, basically, the idea is for the student to uh, to parang to report to his or her parents kung uh, bakit, paano tumaas yung grade niya or bakit bumaba yung grade niya and what help uh, will the student need uh, in order to achieve uh, his or her, or her academic goals. And it becomes a conversation between the parents, the students, and the teachers. I think uh, parang in that sense, parang leader na rin yung, yung kid because the kid is accountable to his or her, or her goals. So can you imagine if the student is accountable, she knows that she's going to report just as much as, you know, managers report their quarterly sales, you know, or something like that. Students are doing it and therefore they will be accountable for their grades. Okay, alam ko, magre-report ako, I better do it right. I'm going to have a goal and I'm going to try to achieve the goal. So that's what's happening. Right? Yes. So thanks, thanks, Terrence. Uh, sure. What about Red, the schools that you're working with? Um, can you share maybe some uh, any any perspectives from parents and what are they saying? Uh, we we have a school in Montenegro. The name of the school. Um, is a little louder. Uh, hello. Yeah. Yeah, we have a school in Montenegro City. Uh, the the name of the school is Miraculous Medal School. Um, they communicated with us um, sometime in June 2019, and they uh, they want to implement or they want to. Um, <laughs> To, to have a, a framework that can help them to really build uh, leaders because that's their uh, their uh, their mission their end in mind they really want their students to be leaders and so they, and, and they and they uh, they they um, implemented it last June at first they have these parents questioning why are we doing this uh, why uh why do we need to have this and things like that and then uh after after uh doing the first eight days of lunch we're in uh the the part uh, the principles of the seven habits and the seven habits are taught initially to students um parents has has this uh remarkable feedback uh, they are starting uh, they started calling the school and asking them, uh, what is these seven habits that our kids are talking about? Uh, they are actually telling us, mommy, do not be reactive, be proactive. Mommy, I'll, I'll study first before uh, playing. And then there is one incident where in, uh, in the opening of the school year, um, the, the, the school have this um, um, a mass to celebrate uh, another school year for them. And then the priest said at the end of the mass, uh, can the student leaders stand up uh, pertaining to the elected student council or student government? But to, to the surprise of the, the priest, all students stood up from kinder to high school. 
and the teachers were at at first they were so reactive like they want everybody to sit down but one grade one student said but teachers you told you told us that we are all leaders and uh we, in in that moment the press acknowledged that because the school communicated really to the students that you know you are all leaders you may not be elected as class officers or school government officers but they have communicated to their students that they are leaders that can lead themselves and lead the, uh, uh, their classmates to, to do better. And right now, uh, we eye this school to be uh, a lighthouse potential. And uh, actually, right now, they are really modeling a culture of leadership. And even now, diba? In lockdown? Yeah. Yes, in lockdown, that what instead of choosing uh, to be a victim of this uh, situation, what they are doing right now, in the, they maximize the use of social media. Instead of uh, posting there some like uh, alarming stories, they are post posting articles that gives hope, faith, and encouragement to people, not only to their students, but uh, to the entire society. So if, if if you want to check their uh, their uh, Facebook, uh, you just type Miraculous Medal School of Montenegro. Thank you, thank you for that. No, so in other words, we're seeing it um, replicated in different schools all over the place. Uh, Terrence School is somewhere in the north. This see see ano naman si Red sa south naman, and we have in fact uh, Red was talking about a lighthouse school. Because we are looking for results, when a school achieves, you know, uh, enough transformational results and measured results, uh, we we celebrate their school to become a lighthouse school. Now we certify them to be a lighthouse school, and we have one in Bukidnon. They're the first lighthouse school. It's Marywoods Academy, and when you go to their school, and of course, if you want to visit them. They're very, all of these schools, if you want to visit them, just let us know and we could actually schedule a visit to their school so you could see it yourself. Um, a lot of teachers and principals will say, isn't this another subject they're going to teach? Is this another, you know, baka mabigat na naman to sa teachers? But at the end of the day, they come back to us, ay naku, mas madali na yung class management. Kasi they begin with end in mind. They put first things first. They are responsible and are proactive. So nagiging madali talaga sa mga teachers. It becomes a culture, not a subject. The culture of the school. They, you have a leadership culture. Everybody thinks you're a leader. So maski grade one, high school, leadership ang, ano, ang mindset. And even if you have teachers who are like, ah, traditional, traditional, later on, once they see that you're intentional about it, you know, they'll start seeing also the change and it's going to start having ripple effect, you know? Um, and so it's it's really, somebody mentioned in the chat, no, it's it's about leadership without that title, that everybody, everybody has that paradigm of leadership. It's a whole school transformational approach, in other words. And at the end of the day, guess what? Academic achievement also goes up. In a lot of our schools that we work with, nagtataka yung mga teachers na parang, wow, they're achieving more. <clears throat> they're doing, you know, without changing the curriculum, the students are now getting higher grades because they're now, you know, taking charge of their own learning. Okay. So once we work on 
one area, it kind of works with each other, just like how a Venn diagram would, right? It affects each other, in other words. At the end of the day, the job to be done of the leader in me is to have our students, our educators, the whole school become independent, interdependent, and absolutely contributing to a bigger society, a bigger community. Some students, as early as high school, they're they are, you know, out there becoming speakers of Rotary, Rotaract uh, events. They're the ones you know, doing training already because they have that mindset. Whatever problem they see, they start looking at, okay, what can I do to solve this? Nagkakaroon ng accountability, nagkakaroon ng initiative to solve it. Um, this is, you know, uh, all captured in the book, The Leader in Me. You'll find it in National Bookstore. Or if you want, you can send us a message. We can find a way to get you that book wherever you are in the Philippines. And it's based off the, the bestsellers of uh, Stephen Covey. But in The Leader in Me, you have schools now and how they were able to do it. So there are a lot of strategies in that book on how to apply it. Of course, we're here. Um, we license schools in The Leader in Me. So we give the whole training and coaching so that you could replicate exactly what, what a lot of schools are doing now to see your students become life-ready leaders. It started in AB Combs in, North, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And these were their situation before. I'm sure you can relate to it. Sometimes our issue is enrollment or our teachers, or they just start leaving, or we have parent involvement, or sometimes helicopter parents naman, now who's always asking you, similar to what you were saying earlier, diba? And uh, of course, the added situation now is, how can we make sure that our enrollment doesn't go down? Uh, how are we going to adjust with, you know, this online learning that everyone's going into and, and getting hang of, diba? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, Muriel Summers, the principal, uh, she took the seven habits and she said, you know, could these principles be taught to young children? And Dr. Kavi says, why not? So in other words, this process, this program was devel developed by teachers for teachers. And a lot of the things that we have even in the website, some of them were actually developed by teachers. And so we get all these best practices and we synergize and make it like available to, to all these schools. Now, um, First thing that Muriel Summers did was she asked students, uh, sorry, parents and businesses what they wanted their students to learn in school. And these are what she, they said. So you can see businesses were talking about 21st century skills. And parents, of course, it's more the, <clears throat> the work ethic and you know, values at home, etc. And when she put it together in a framework, it kind of looked like this. She saw that if she taught the seven habits, it would address the 21st century skills and also prepare them for the world of work and the social emotional learning as well. And so she did and has become the magnet school, the character school of the US, not only once but twice. And all over the world, schools are experiencing the same thing. These are the impact and results that she got. She got from that. <clears throat> the only thing that this, the, decreased to a student disciplinary action. Um, guidance offices can now really focus on the work of guiding rather than disciplining those who are, you know, not doing well in the classroom. Now, you're probably saying, okay, is research done um, for, for the leader in me? 
over 20, oh, sorry, over 30 independent university studies. This is now in a, in a whole packet called the research guide. And like I said, if you have um, your email with us, we will share it right after. Look at this, junior high behavioral incidents decreased 88%. And of course, you have other um, data in, in the research guide with regards to mental health, uh, resilience, you know, even the grades. So here, safety in school, 95% now feel safe. There's no more bullying that's happening. Um, it has also been uh, endorsed, you know? Um, oh, look at this first, before, before that, no? After seven weeks of the leader in me, pre-K students, so this is uh, really young students, already exhibited independent and inter interdependent behaviors. And we worked with uh, Trixie Season of Miriam College at one point, and she reported that these kids, kindergarten, were really practicing the seven habits. They were sharing their baon with one another. And if you know about child development, di ba hindi pa yan magsashare pag ganun kabata? And yet, they were already doing that. Um, we have been endorsed by Castle. Uh, the review of the leader in me found, and I'm reading from the blue box there, no? Well-defined program, systematically promoting social emotional competence development, high quality professional development and implementation report, uh, support. We have, we have our coaching system as well as our rubrics and a measurable results assessment that's done online. So year to year, you could assess your entire school. It's, your, it's like your own study. And if you're a principal and owner of a school and you have a uh, board of directors, you could be presenting the reports annually of how the school is doing, you know, in terms of leadership, culture, and academics. And of course, that uh, because of these measurable results, there's an assessment every year, it becomes part of your own research and development. <clears throat> um, Castle found that this circle that I shared with you earlier is exactly the uh, social emotional learning that they want. At its center are the foundation SEL competencies, each rooted in a highly effective habit. So when you do this, you're actually focusing, um, again, intentionally on social emotional learning. And we use here in all that we do, the see, do, get model. It's Dr. Covey's but model for change. And this is what he says, the results we get, I'm going backwards, right? The results we get depends on what we do, our practices, our habits. And what we do depends on how we see the world, our paradigms. So if you want change to happen, you can change your behavior, but change your paradigms. Once your paradigms are changed, behaviors follow and you get different results. Einstein says, Insanity is doing the same things and expecting a different result. You want an, a different result? Go backwards. Let's look at our practices. Let's look at our paradigms. And in the, the Leader in Me program, we have a framework that we work with, and I'm going to leave you with that. Again, after this, we can share all of this, so please leave your email addresses and answer the survey because then we can uh, get in touch with you. Um, parents, Earl, and uh, Red are available there and myself. Uh, just reach out to us and we can talk some more on lockdown. busy siguro. And so this is the framework that we have. If you notice, the first part of it, 
are the five core paradigms. We talked about, kanina, no? That paradigm of leadership. Not this, but this. Leadership for a few, and everyone can, can be a leader. If you just sh shift that paradigm, can you imagine the impact on the entire school? And that's what Terrence and, and Red were sh sharing earlier, diba? When children start internalizing that I am leader, it changes everything for them. So that's the first thing, paradigms. Then we coach schools in nine different areas. We teach the leadership principles based off the seven habits, create a leadership culture, and then align academic systems. Uh, Terence earlier talked about student-led conferences or student roles, leadership roles. That's part of this. So we coach schools. We don't just give them, oh, here's the training, bahala na kayo dyan. We at least go at, uh, at least no four times a year, every quarter, to have touch points with the teachers and say, how are we doing? Okay, and then go back and do, have, let's have an action plan for this uh, quarter. And then we, you know, whether it's Zoom like this or face-to-face. -face. Why? Because we, are, we have some schools from Zamboanga all the way to La Union. So we have live sessions during the summer or we have Zoom sessions like this. And that's the nine areas. And of course, lastly, we have measurable results in these three areas. No? Again, like I said, we have a rubrics where you can rate yourself or evaluate yourself on a quarterly basis. And we have that measurable results assessment online that teachers can answer, students can answer, parents can answer. So that's all your stakeholders. And you can see really how you are doing in these three areas. It's a, a, an amazing um, report at the end of the day. You get a report from it. Okay, so how we're going to implement this is a conversation that we could do after the webinar. And I hope that uh, some of these things have resonated with you and your needs and your goals in the school um, and what you want to happen in your school. So that's the framework there. Again, we'll send this to you. This is really bringing the best of Franklin Covey in an education-friendly way. Uh, let me tell you that um, in, in the past, I've heard some, some people say, oh, di ba corporate lang kayo? This time we're going out, reaching out to, to schools, and we know we know your situation. We know our budgets, our you know our quarters, our you know the time of this, the teachers in the school. So we work with you. We want to have a conversation where we can really uh, work with you in the you know in the best way that we could help and partner with you. All right, so now um, I want to open the floor to some questions and answers. You can either open your mic or I have uh, my team to capture some of your chat questions there. <clears throat> Anyone with some questions? Maybe let's do like a two, three minute uh, question and answer. can also type it in your chat. Um, any questions? <clears throat> so maybe hands hands up. How was the session for you? Were there this or was it this for you? Okay, you have a, I have a raised hand here. Good. I hope it helped you. I'm not gonna take more of your time. I know magluluto pa tayo ng lunch. <laughs> what are the possible problems we will encounter? 
in shifting the paradigm and doing this. Uh, hmm. uh, the, in the in the schools that we worked with, the leadership, the owners, the principals need to really own this goal, own this process. Uh, we've had schools where the principal was changed, but I'm like start from scratch So when the owners and the principals are all, you know, out for this, you can see the entire school just, you know, come alive in that leadership paradigm. Hi, Christine. Yes, hi. Who is this? Raquel, I can see you. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Kay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just uh, I just want to ask a, a question um, <clears throat> regarding your last statement, wherein yeah. the principle has to be changed. Um, what is the uh, measures or um, maybe coaching or training that you uh, you do in the school? Um, well, when I say you don't want to change the principal you want them to own the process no so in fact the first the first set of coaching that we do we want to focus on the principal we want to work with the principal the owner the school administration and you know let's have a common goal together if it means we we have like our own little strat plan together then then so be it um, if in the middle of it we need to change you know, let's say that abroad talaga yung principal or hindi na talaga siya yung principal. Sometimes in depth ed schools, ganun, no? nagpapalit maski superintendent. Then we work with the principal and try to get them on board as much as possible. So we focus on them. So, are you, so Mom Christine, you're still uh, telling me that you will still invite that uh, incumbent principal to join the training? Or it's just a form of a turnover responsibility. Well, if I'm, if you know that you're you're going to have a new principal, then I suggest let's talk to the new principal and really get them to own the the vision and the mission that you want to happen for the school. Because once they're on board, then it'll be easy. They, if they're not then it slows down the process. I'm not saying it's gonna stop, but it slows it down. So you will start it all over again? Not exactly, because once the, the students um, own it and they've internalized it, it really becomes a culture of the school. I'm just saying that uh, the principals and the owners are key. If it's just if the attitude of the owner is ay parang ano lang yan parang isang program na binili ko bahala na kayong mag-implement so it's not really something that they believe in thoroughly then it's it, it'll slow the process so you're telling me that it should uh, start with the leaders right yes. so the one who is really leading the school mm-hmm. <laughs> The, yeah, thank you. Once our own, yeah, principal, assistant principal. Sometimes, if it means, let's sit down with your core uh, admin group, which I've done with other schools. No, yung admin group tayo, usap tayo. Ito yung process. Are you with me? Are you know? Let's do this. 
and you know uh, we don't mind visiting your school if after this you say oh let's have a private uh, zoom call with you pwede ba yun? pwede any one of us can talk to your leadership team or your admin team and let's talk about it you have this time until you know whenever school starts to really process and think is this something that we want for our students and you know uh, let's talk about it let's own it, it let's have a buy-in we call it no let's have a buy-in of everyone in the leadership team and if that happens and everybody says you know what this is important to us then let's find a way to make make it happen for you yeah i believe yeah. in you teacher christine it's because it's have something to do with the alignment Yes, okay, the, the, yes. same, the same core values that we practice in the school and at the same time uh, embracing embracing the culture of leadership. So it's really a transformation to each and every one that uh, when we uh, adopt or uh, embrace this kind of culture, everybody should be positive and uh, should be adaptive uh, to this kind of ideas. And I think, uh, sabi mo nga, babalikan ko ulit na it always start with us as leaders, yung uh, school admin, the admin, mm-hmm. is, uh, the, uh, the top management, the board, even the board of trustees, right? Yeah, yeah. And down to the principal. Kasi ang siguro yung pinaka-problema na, na magiging challenging with us is yung if we will still continue yung double standards because the yung ano uh, we have different core values you from the uh, top management down to the second management that's why the principal the one who is a uh, frontliners to the teachers and to the students are having a hard time okay implementing this kind of ideas because even the admi- uh, the administrators uh, doesn't have uh, administrators uh, do not have the same core values and um uh, the same standards. Parang Thank you. Thank you, so, Teacher Kate. What, what, I'm, what I'm also hearing from you is it's a, it's a problem of culture. Right? Yes. And what I like about how the seven habits uh, brings about an entire culture uh, of an organization, diba? it becomes actually your competitive advantage. Even if all the schools right now in attendance no, of our webinar takes the leader in me, it's still your culture, your unique culture that will make it different from the other school. Diba? You have a leadership culture, but that culture that you have within you. And kung watak-watak yun, mahirapan tayo. <clears throat> so, that's why in the three circles, it's academics, it's leadership, and that culture that we work with in the school. So, thank you for that. And I know that your school will be having the leader in me. And we're going to have the seven habits. Dapat may schedule na tayo. What are we going to do now that we have this COVID? We are opening online courses for you um, to, to take the seven habits online and the coaching online. And we do it via Zoom and on a smaller scale. So, tayo tayo lang. Your, your teachers are there. So, we kind of feel at home with each other and chat with each other. So, if you want to have the same kind of training, it's gonna be something like this. I hope, I hope you know we can really adjust it. I know the kids are you know well adjusted. Tayo parang ang hirap pa maging ano you know, artista online. <laughs> so, but uh, if you want the training, we do have. We're opening not only the free service for or, or content for parents, but we have the training now for for schools. No, Seven Habits Online, <clears throat> and in fact, Earl is there. He's the one who's kind of organizing it for us. So thanks, Earl. 
So whenever uh, your schools are ready, just talk to us and we're very ready to move forward. No? And there's a question. Yes. How will you make parents collaborate and take paradigm shift positively? The question came from Ms. Glenda Obre. Okay, anyone want to answer that uh, from the team? <clears throat> we also um, want to be able to have a buy-in for parents. You know who's the best teacher there? The students. Once you have the students talking to the parents about the leader in need, and you know this happened in one school. The principal sent me screenshots of what the parents were telling him. Okay. And the parents were just talking about, oh, my children are now talking about the seven habits. Wait a minute, I just learned this in my office. So it's amazing that you're teaching this. So, nagkakaroon ng buy-in yung mga parents pag yung mga estudyante nagsasalita. <clears throat> now, I can also go there, we can also go there and talk to your parents, but the buy-in is strongest when the students are the ones talking about it. But, we are, you know, you can invite us to talk in your schools or well, Zoom call pala to your parent associations. Uh, if you want to organize something like that, again, we're very welcome to have that with you in something like a Zoom call as well. So just reach out and, and send us a, um, uh, a message and we'll, we'll gladly do this. I have my nephew here. What? Timothy Yi. So my nephews are, are online. How funny. Yes. Uh, maybe uh, some of them are um, like imagining the process could be uh, how, how do we usually um, implement the leader in need. Okay, so just to give you a quick, quick um, implementation. So what happens is we first talk to the admin team and ask the admin team. Okay, so if you have a buy-in, what, do, what does your school look like? When can we have training? The first people we will train are the teachers. Why? We cannot give what we do not have. So we train the teachers, make sure that they know the seven habits, and we also coach them on how to implement it in the school. So we kind of have like a whole day planning with them. And what we strongly suggest is that they have like a, I mean, for, you, for your school to do a launch of this leadership culture in the entire school. So first eight days, Red mentioned it earlier, um, first eight days of your school year, kind of talk about habit one, habit two, habit three, habit four, habit five, etc. And it also, but in a way that is like bite-sized. Uh, some, it could be games, it could be, but of course we walk you through that. And then we have throughout the year, like I said, four touch points with your teachers. But we have direct lessons and um, integrated in the other subjects as well, integrated approaches where you can build on this leadership culture, you know, using the principles of effectiveness. So um, first the teachers and then we do coaching. <clears throat> like I said, we have nine areas of coaching that we finish. So it's not like a one year thing. We want to be able to stay with you, coaching you for three years at least. And of course, this is a license that we have in the school. There's a curriculum attached to it that can be given during the homeroom or 
in some subjects like education sa pagpapakatao. Okay? There was one school who told us that Paasko said, "Well, you talk you talk about you talk about your school as a leadership school." Nasa ng leadership sa curriculum niyo. Nasa ng leadership sa activities niyo at sa sa focus ng uh, curriculum, no? So, this is what they ended up doing, no? They adapted it and they said, "Okay, this is now our leadership curriculum and therefore we can call ourselves really this leadership school, etc., etc." Does that answer your question? But again, talk to us, um, leave a note, we'll explain it in a more detailed way because we don't really have a lot of time here. Free po ba itong training? Right now, free. The seven habits um, and the whole coaching and the license uh, is a package affordably for schools. And also, uh, you forget to tell them about the measurable results assessment that we conduct at beginning of the school. I, yeah. Ah, okay. I did not forget. I just didn't say yeah. the schedule of it. Yeah, yeah you can you can take um, the measurable uh, results assessment pre-school year and post-school year, so you can actually see the whole journey of the school in one year. So again, uh, thank you very much, everyone, for staying with us, and we hope to. Um, how will you make that? Okay, we hope to hear from you. Um, we're just here. Uh, join us in our other webinars as well, and uh, go to our website and see what you could probably already pass to your parents and to your students. All right. So with that said, I'm going to leave you my. My last word here. Why are we doing this? Um, I'm going to end with Simon Sinek. He, he says, "Begin with a why." I'm going to end with a why. We want we want to mm -hmm. fill the world with life-ready leaders. And if I were to put a number to it, uh, we want to reach at least 10% of the students of the world. We would love to partner with your school to help raise a generation of principle-centered, life-ready leaders. So um, that's what we want to happen, you know. Beyond this epidemic, beyond this crisis, let's fill the world with life-ready leaders. So with that, thank you very much. Uh, on behalf of the Franklin Edu Franklin Covey Education Team, maraming maraming salamat po. All right, so thank you. Have a good day. This is my card if you want to reach us. Maraming salamat ulit. Bye.